pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny, episode 148. Today I'm going to chat with Damon Young from SSVI, talk about reports of the ATF planning to reclassify pistol braces, discuss the Smith & Wesson Shield 9mm Easy Performance Center, and discuss why you shouldn't attempt to recycle cannonballs. I'm your host, Ava Flanell, and Damon, how are you doing today? I'm so good. Oh, really? That's not what I heard before the show started. Uh, I'm a liar is what it is. <laughs> Yeah. No, you said it really well. You were like, yeah, every time I start a project, oh, this will only take 20 minutes, seven hours later. (laughs) I'll do everything, every single thing. Like, this will take me an hour. No, this will take all day. Yeah, I know. That's exactly how even home projects, even yesterday, I was planting in flowers in a planter. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I got enough dirt. And nope, here I am. 10 minutes before Lowe's closes, I'm making a drive there to get more dirt because I ran out of dirt. It's just, it's always something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So all this last week, I've been setting up home security cameras and they all run power over Ethernet. So I've been running Ethernet all through the house and figuring out the layout of the attic. And I've never been up there whatsoever. And little things like you're up there and it's 120 degrees. And I bumped my head on the roof, um, (laughs) which isn't a big deal. Like I was already like just dripping sweat. And it just felt like I bumped the particle board. And then I started sweating really hard. Then I was like, oh, that's... That's not sweat. And oh, it looks man. like a fucking murder scene up there. <laughs> and since I was face down, like on my hands and knees the whole time, like it all pulled on my face. And it's, I'll, I'll have to show you. I'll send you a picture. It's, it looks like I got hit by a car. Wow. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that always makes things fun. Buy a house, they said, right? Yeah. It's been so much better and easier. Yeah. <laughs> well, in the meantime, while I was waiting for you to log on, I had time to make coffee. So I'm in a much better place now. Because I was like, I'm going to fall asleep. And then I made some trigger brew coffee. And now I'm just, okay, all right, I'm ready to do this. I might have to try that. It's delicious. I'll have to send you some. Yeah, yeah, I do. All right, before we get into it, Manicore Arms. I don't know if you have a Yugo M92, but Manicore makes a, an amazing night break muzzle compensator for it. It is specifically designed for a 26 by 1.5 left-hand thread found on the muzzle of the Yugoslavian M92 and the M85 Krinkoff rifles and PAP series of pistols. The night break is designed to reduce felt recoil, eliminate muzzle rise. I have them on a lot of my guns. They work amazing. Definitely a purchase that you're not going to regret. And if you head on over to manicorearms.com, use the code GUNFUNNY15. That will get you 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. All right, so Damon, for listeners who aren't familiar with SSVI, tell them a little bit what the company is, what products you guys service, and all of that good stuff. Um, well, now I'm pretty much known as uh, the Tear Trigger Company, but originally it was it was all stippling. There wasn't a whole lot of really good stippling options out there, and, and I picked it up fairly quick and easily, partly because of where I work and everyone carries Glocks. I got partnered up with Blown Deadline fairly early in both of our careers, and we were the ones that were kind of initiating like the, the big, loud and in-your-face you know, themed builds, whether they were video games or movies, you know, Star Wars-type builds. So we both gathered a lot of momentum doing stuff like that, and... I was supposed to be using another company's aftermarket trigger shoe to offer in my builds. And 
that went weirdly sideways on me. And so eventually I ended up having a client that wanted some work done and turns out he was a CAD guy. So I just started kind of sketching some stuff up and he was sending me back 3D renders and, and eventually we had a working tear trigger. And then that kind of took off because the loud theme builds, there, there weren't really any, I don't know, unique Glock trigger options. There were your couple, you know, big staples, but they were just basically a metal version of the standard shoe. So mm-hmm. I was one of the first guys out there actually making a, a different and unique trigger. Wow. Yeah. How long ago was this? I want to say 2015 or 16. Okay. So about five years. Yeah. Wow. You've grown quite a bit then in such a short period of time. Oh yeah. The first couple of years were huge. It just picked up and tore off and social media has been the primary marketer, but mm-hmm. the last couple of years where Facebook has throttled everything gun related between Instagram and Facebook, everything's kind of mm-hmm. slowed down a bit, but I guess, you know, what can you do? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are you, your position at SFBI, you are the owner? Yes. Okay. Um, I outsource some of the stuff, you know, Cerakotes and machining, but primarily I know how to put dots on plastic. That's, yeah. that's basically <laughs> area of expertise. Nice. And were you doing this all by hand initially? Because I know yes, now um, a lot of these companies have moved on to just sort of laser stippling. Yeah, there's laser. There's some guys that incorporate machine work for some of it, but everything I use now basically, so I've oddly got like a really good friendship with my dentist and he kind of hooked me up with some of the kind of tools they use. So I, instead of your standard $70 Dremel, I've got like a $900 dentist version of that thing that makes no noise, has zero vibration. Wow. It, it's expensive, but oh my God, it is worth it. It's it's just a, a life changer if you're doing small detail work. Yeah. Huh. That's cool. I never even thought of that. What got you into firearms? Honestly, kind of your, your classic boy thing. Like I grew up, you know, playing guns with my friends in the backyard and then eventually joined the army. And when I got out of the army, there's what's just you know known as the site out here, which is the Idaho National Lab uh, Department of Energy uh, site. So basically kind of think stranger things, but in Idaho. And all I knew is they were hiring for security. I didn't know exactly what that meant. I just kind of figured mall cop type stuff. But mm-hmm. no, dear God, the training outclassed everything I ever did in the military. It's pretty outstanding. Wow. Yeah. And so wait, what was the security for? So we have nuclear material out there that just needs protecting from theft and sabotage. So Okay. So um, that's why you threw in stranger things in there. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm like so, I'm yeah, like, wait. I'm one, of the, <laughs> I'm one of the bad guy security guys out there. <gasps> okay. That's yeah, yeah. the monster out. Yeah. It's been I don't think I watched Stranger Things since maybe, I don't know, over the winter. And I'm like, wait, why does that sound familiar? And then I'm like, oh yeah. I got so hooked on watching that. Oh dude. To me, I was like, if Stephen King wrote E.T. and then it took place where I work now, like, this is it. <laughs> right. Yeah. No kidding. Okay. So then you did that. And then what were your next steps moving forward? Well, let's see. So actually, I, I sent a gun to Ben from Boresight Solutions. Uh-huh. So at the time, as far as I was concerned, he was the only guy that really stood out as far as your kind of, you know, service issued, uh, you know, Glock type work. And so I had this really badass gun from him. And then I had this other that was just sitting there. I thought, well, I'm going to try and mess with this one and see how it turns out. And it turned out okay. And I, you know, I posted a couple of pictures on Instagram and I had, you know, my 67 followers or whatever. And, and one of the big lock pages ended up sharing it and it blew up overnight. And I got, I was just bombarded with like, what do you charge? How do I send it? You know, what, what, you know, how do I do this? And then I thought like, I don't know any of these things. I've done a gun. So you know, odds are really high. I'm going to be screwing some things up. Wow. Yeah, I kind of got my ducks in a row. And then after talking to all my 
buddies at work. I mean, everyone owns a handful of Glocks out there. So mm-hmm. I, I had 60 of them dumped in my lap in the first couple of months. So I had this huge learning curve out of the way because I just had so much to practice on versus, you know, one or two and then waiting to buy another one. And mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it all went pretty quick. And I'd say within six months, I was, uh, I kind of had myself squared away and knew what I was doing. And Yeah, definitely. And yeah. What would you say makes your trigger superior to the other triggers out there? I think it's all about leverage. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the companies out there, a lot of people, like they seem to really like the whole vertical trigger shoe a ton. And that's fantastic on a 1911 style gun where mm-hmm. the whole trigger moves back, but not when it's on a pivot point like a Glock or, or any of these kind of polymer guns. So at that point, you've kind of created a light switch and you probably have more movement than you did when you had a curved trigger. Between just the, the leverage point of where it's it sits in the gun, because it sits a little bit further back than standard, and then the reset is really short and snappy. It's incredible what just a nice trigger shoe alone does to your overall trigger action. Because mm-hmm. in my personal guns, like that's that's all I change is the trigger shoe. I don't mess with springs, I don't mess with connectors. And in fact, ninety percent of people that you know end up emailing me about some sort of issue, you know, it's not resetting or it's doing this, it's because they have, you know, three or four other aftermarket things going on. So yeah. Like, dude, yank all that out, see what you think of it. You know, it's just the trigger shoe and then go from there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Any gun that I'm ever using for self-defense, I might do some trigger work to it, but typically I keep it pretty stock. Yeah. Well, and I mean, if you shoot them for a living, like I do, you get used to certain things that maybe somebody, you know, where a Glock is their first gun mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily like, you know, you've got that first wall that you hit with a Glock and I've picked up other people's Glocks where like you started that wall. That's, you know, there's no take up and, you know, pushing out on target, all of a sudden your round goes off way earlier because you were expecting to be in the walls. Yeah. When you shoot them for a living, there's certain just utilities about the the way the system works that you just start to rely on it. Mm -hmm. And I don't like a whole lot of that. I just want it to feel smoother. Yeah. Well, for me, it's, it's always just the reset. I hate, I, I remember the other day I was shooting a double action only and oh my gosh. And I was actually telling, so it's funny, I guess. Maybe I think I started the day shooting this double action semi-auto and I'm not going to name mm-hmm. the name, but I'm like, you know, it actually shot pretty well. It was like a pretty flat shooter aside from the trigger. And mm-hmm. I, I was showing my friend we were at the range and I was shooting all these guns previously. And I just got so used to just that trigger reset that yeah. I just let it creep up a little bit and go back. And I'm oh, yeah, there's no trigger reset on this thing. So it's go move all the way forward. And, and I was just, wow, yeah. this is just, it feels like I'm using a spray bottle. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. what it yeah. felt like. And yeah. it was just horrible. And then my friend used it and he was just, and I was like, well, never mind. I guess this gun does suck. <laughs> that's, that's rough. You definitely get used to certain triggers. Oh, yeah. And that's all I really like is just a really nice, short, crisp reset. I'm actually, I'm, I'm on your website right now and your prices on your triggers aren't bad at all. They're actually no, very affordable. No, nope. I've come down a lot and and I've tried to keep things on sale lately with everything going on because, mm-hmm. dude, I've been suffering from like everyone else where like I'm bored and at home and, and I end up getting on Amazon and and waiting every day for UPS. So right. I kind of know how it is. And I know other people are, maybe don't have as much money coming in, but everyone's still bored and wants to do something with their time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. And then you said you were going to offer listeners a coupon code towards the triggers, yes. correct? Yeah. So if you go to the website and at checkout, if you type in gun funny, all one word, uh, you'll get 15% off any of the standard issue triggers, which basically means anything that's not a special edition or limited release type thing. Okay, perfect. I'm just writing that in the show notes. All right. And then, so do you still offer stippling packages? Yeah. 
I don't, it's, it's funny. Cause initially like I kept, maybe, maybe this is a dick thing. I kept raising my prices cause I was getting kind of over it. Mm-hmm. And so I figured like, I'm going to start raising prices and I'm going to start doing how to videos. So I remember my first big, like, Hey, here's how I do what I do. Cause everyone always wants to know about like the, the hard edge, you know, borders and stuff. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, like actually for years, even after I started doing it, that was just the secret. You don't tell anyone shit about that. And I'd see it on forums. Anyone that asked just got immediately just bashed over it. Yeah. And so I thought like, all right, I'm going to make a, I did like a Facebook live video of me doing it. And I think it had well over a million views in the first couple of weeks. Like it was, it went stupid big. Wow. And honestly, I did it selfishly hoping that people would stop coming to me for stippling. Cause I was, I mean, it's so time consuming. It is. Yeah. And the actual stippling itself takes 45 minutes, but the rest of the hand sanding and the, the edge cutting and all that, like I'll, I'll be a good six to eight hours on the average clock. Wow. And the way the, the t- triggers took off, I didn't need to be spending that much time on, you know, gun work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of looking forward to getting some days off again. Cause I used to, you know, I work four 12 hour shifts and I'd have four days off that, but I'd spend 12 to 14 hours a day working on people's stuff. So, yeah. So I, I was trying to do some how to videos to get people off my back and it actually backfired. Everyone was like, wow, that's way harder than I thought. I'm going to send you my gun. <laughs> Not to mention those millions of people that watch the video. They're like, oh, this guy actually does a really good job, better than I could do it. And it probably yeah. increased business. Yeah, which I guess that's awesome too. Because I, I I did it meaning to show like, hey, here's how you do it. And everyone was like, that's actually pretty difficult. Yeah. 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 And, and plus, not to mention, you see so many horrible stippling jobs. Oh, my God. I've seen some of the most amazing <laughs> things out there. The stuff people send me or or the stuff that I've been asked to fix. Which I got to the point where I, I just stopped offering to fix things. I get people like one of the most common things is just people warping a frame. Mm-hmm. Even if it looks fine, it's really easy to warp the plastic to where the mag won't clear up the gun when you hit the mag release. And that's fixable most of the time, but depending on how bad it's warped, I mean, that's sometimes the gun is trash. So. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. All right. I'm going to take a quick break and talk about SB Tactical real quick. If you have a Ruger 10-22 Charger takedown pistol, you need to check out the SBA3 takedown kit. It's a three-position adjustable brace and a chassis for the Ruger 22 Charger takedown. It gives the Ruger Charger owners all the benefits of the popular SBA3 brace in a complete one-stop package. You can get that at sb-tactical.com. Right now it's on their website on sale for $199, but if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off. Damon, how has your business been affected with COVID and then now the riots? Have you guys been affected at all? Or are you guys like selling out like crazy? No, it's it's not the same, really. The people that know what I do for a living out for DOE, like I'm getting a lot more security type questions as far as, you know, like just gear and body armor and stuff like that. Because everyone's just kind of wanting to more than anything have a shit hits the fan kind of set up ready to go. But business wise, it really hasn't changed much, really. Triggers are kind of, you know, chugging along the way they have. And I'm working on some of the nickel boron uh, signature series clocks. And I'm here in Idaho Falls. So I'm I'm still seeing little rallies in the whatever you want to call them, where mm-hmm. you got your 17 year old white girls named Briley holding signs that say black trans lives matters, because that's apparently a huge thing going on in Idaho Falls. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it's here locally. There's no real threat. There's no real stupid shit going on. And it really hasn't affected business a whole lot. So. Are things kind of back yeah. to normal as far as companies opening up, restaurants, stuff like that? For the most part, you're seeing 
some that still require masks or mm-hmm. and, and from the employees, not really the the customers. And I pretty much I maybe I'm kind of cavalier about the whole thing, but I I kind of even refuse to be a patron at most of the places that are still doing like all the plexiglass and all that because it's just it's ridiculous. Nobody's dying. Yeah, they're they're learning more and more. It's just basically another flu. Which sure that sucks, but dear God, they had us set for the Black Plague of 2020, yeah. and some places just are not letting that go, regardless of what information comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I actually agree with you 100%. I don't wear masks. If it's a place that I have to go into, like Costco or something, I'm not going to put up a fight and I'll wear a mask, but I completely agree. There's a lot of places that I won't go to if I don't have to go to. And I think that the mask is just sort of, it's become like a false security. And if anything, people are actually getting sicker wearing these masks, especially the, what is the N95 mask, because they're just constantly breathing in and out the same air. It's causing respiratory issues. And the thing is, well, I was going to say, like, you know, like, you know, who's good at wearing masks? Medical personnel. But yeah. however, you've got every jackass out there with one that's, well, you've adjusted it. So it's contaminated. Pull it out of your pocket. Contaminated. Exactly. Dude, the masks do zero good when you have no idea what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. What is it that you do for the DOE? I'm on the special response team. And that's basically kind of a SWAT team type setup where we have more enhanced capabilities. Like you're your normal security police officer out there. We're like, like I said, like it's the training is seriously next level. Like I, I walked into it thinking like, you know, I did, you know, I was overseas. I was infantry, you know, I'll play along. And after one week on the range, I was like, holy shit, I didn't know anything about shooting. Wow. And yeah. And special response team kind of takes that to another level. So it's, it's all urban movements, room clearing, moving in the house uh, with the team. And uh, you got your breaching capabilities, snipers, you it's just a very specialized group of guys that can go into any situation and get the job done. Wow. Having that kind of job, it obviously puts your life more in danger than just typical civilian living everyday life. Is that something that concerns you or are you ever put in a situation where it's just kind of scary? No, I mean, because the other the other thing with where I work, so it's about 45 minutes out of town, like basically kind of out on the desert. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's the easiest place to get to to begin with. I'm not sure how much I'm supposed to say about all this. Everything used to be like so hush hush in the eighties. Like you don't even tell people what you do for a living. Mm-hmm. Tell people you're a fucking janitor. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I don't know some of the stuff they show off to us. It seems like they don't really care as much, but it's, we train for an all out, like a, a small unit based kind of terrorist attack. And it's not the easiest place to get to, like I said, and you kind of have some advanced warning. We've got a whole lot of, security systems up in place that can detect things for you know forever away and we end up dealing more with oddly like local law enforcement chasing some meth head that thinks he's running away and has no idea how he's ended up on our facility and then all of a sudden <laughs> we're, we're now tracking him down and cloning him out and stuff so we end up in the middle of a lot of you know odd spur of the moment issues like that but other than like the big training exercises our force on force exercises i mean those are huge ordeals to get through and they're tens and tens of thousands of dollars to run and they're they're a full-on small military scale operation when we do them and and they've got the data and the statistics they were able to pull off that because they know who shot what rounds and who shot who and if there was friendly fire you know or you know all all the little things that that management would need to know Mm -hmm. to make sure we do our job they've got all the data for all that wow it's pretty cool yeah yeah, that's really cool. And you also have an interest in medieval fighting, which I couldn't even, and aside from like jousting, I have no idea what medieval fighting is. Okay. So 
kind of, you know, kind of the same thing. Just one of those boys, you know, like I was always playing, you know, sticks too. You know, like we're just sword fighting with shit. And, and I had some friends that came and got me like, Hey, we're going to the, we're going to the park. I got to show you something. And I was like, okay. And, and there were these dudes in full armor, just bashing the living shit out of each other. And, and I was like, okay. So that was absolutely like fascinating to me. And the group that I'm in is uh, the SCA society for creative anachronism. And so you wear full armor and you were not using live steel. Like there's some groups out there and it's, it's been on TV and whatever, like guys that use, you know, actual like flails and swords, you know, they're blunted, but uh, we use rattan, which is a type of bamboo. And we use that kind of wood because basically it can still hit just as hard, but it doesn't like actually shatter. It kind of just gets flexible. So mm-hmm. there's no real danger of like something snapping, like stabbing someone. Mm-hmm. And you get into it and you get calibrated right off the bat. Like, okay, so this type of shot would absolutely kill you and someone will smack you in the head and the shot wouldn't. And then, you know, they kind of calibrate you on all your different parts of your body and then have you do the same thing back. Just so you know what it's like to, to get hit and, and to hit. And it's, I mean, it's basically like being hit with a baseball bat. There's shots that if you get hit where you're not armored, like you, you know, it, it sucks. And, Wow. But it, it's it's so fun. And there's it's probably 50, 60 pounds worth of gear you're wearing. Like my helmet's probably at least a good 15 pounds. And yeah, and there's there's all the different styles that you've seen in any kind of medieval movie. There's sword and shield, which is primarily what I uh, what I fight. And then you got spearmen, great swords, glaive. There's there's all sorts of stuff out there. It's it's pretty awesome. It's basically like Civil War reenactments, but for medieval time. Yeah, yeah, basically like that. And you got, yeah, your smaller events are you know, it's all your local guys, but your bigger events, like there's one in Arizona called War and the last one I went to, which was, uh, God, probably 20 years ago. But I mean, there was a good 8,000 people there. You got people from Sweden. You got, I mean, you're just, it's seriously like walking around some sort of medieval times era. Kind of like you're, you're Comic-Con. Through camps at night. Yeah, you're walking through camps at night and you just hear a bunch of like, you hear a different language. Like, what the heck? Like, where are you guys from? Like, Germany. And like, all right, we're sitting and drinking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty awesome. Huh, that is pretty cool. It's weird that there's so many different communities that the average person doesn't know about. But it makes sense. I know even when do you guys have the Renaissance Festival? We don't do any of those, but I know what those are. Okay. So there's the Renaissance Festival. It comes in Larkspur of Colorado, but it comes during the summer and everybody always dresses up from the medieval period. And I don't know, it's always fun. You don't always have to dress up, but a lot of people right. that's what they look forward to is just dressing up and Oh, yeah. It's crazy how many people just really get into it. Oh, yeah. I would imagine also that it's kind of an expensive hobby for you to buy all that gear, just the stuff that you wear. Yeah. So there's there's even like different medieval groups within like the whole medieval group society. So there's like there's the SCA and then there's you got your ring fair type people. And then you've got there's like the nerf version of the SCA, which like I already know what I do is pretty nerdy and laughable to some people but you see the, like the dudes that run around like throwing nerf balls and hitting each other with like nerf bats and shit and you're like dude you guys are still six-year-old kids what do you like grow up and hit each other with real sticks <laughs> but yeah i mean my my helm like because of where i work now i can you know afford better things than i first started but my helm was a good 1200 bucks and Dang. no no i'm sorry i think 2000 and it gets it gets pricey and you have to kind of design a lifestyle around it so you want to go to a to bigger events and have like I, you've got your own like, you know, quote unquote persona. So I've got like a Viking thing going on and, and, uh, stuff for the Viking tent I'm, I'm building. Like that's, I've got to have a way to transport, you know, 12 foot poles, you know, wherever I'm going. So it, it kind of becomes something you got to start arranging your life around really. Yeah. No kidding. Wow. 
So how do you transport 12 foot poles? I think I'm going to be sneaky. And so I'm, I'm still having a hard time sourcing the wood because I'm going to do like full carving on all of it. it the front of them, like it's kind of your standard A-frame mm-hmm. looking tent. But if you think of like how like a Viking ship, they've got like the big uh, like dragon head mast mm-hmm. on the front. So it'll be, it'll be similar to that, but I think I'm actually going to chop them in half and then have kind of a sleeve fabricated so that I can transport them easy and still assemble them out to like full length. Mm-hmm. Okay. That so makes sense. I think that's the route I'm going to go. All right, cool. All right. So the real reason why I decided to have you on was really to talk about your cats. I knew it. Yeah. And I just yeah. figured, all right, let's talk about what you do and everything. And then Something that way, better. yeah, that way it won't seem like if I just started with your cats, then it would be probably kind of rude and obvious, but it's really, well, it's because your cats. Yeah. Well, we talked for three hours straight. Just <laughs> So for those who don't follow you on Instagram, because I think, do your cats have a larger following than you do? Uh, no, we both like topped out. My my Instagram like topped out at like 95,000 and then theirs hit about 27 and they, we both just like stopped. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. I don't know how the algorithm. Yeah. Are. You're not, you're not but alone. I feel like I've sort of just, mine's at a standstill as well. Yeah. There's grew, same thing. Like there's grew really fast at first and then it's, it's kind of halted, but. Mm-hmm. For those who don't follow your cat's Instagram, what kind of cats are they? So I have an African serval and he's the youngest of them. He's two and a half years old now. And I now have two Savannahs. I had originally just the one, but I ended up getting his brother a couple months back. Oh, I didn't right know on. that. I didn't know that you yeah. had three now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so wait, you have Tarkin and Vader? Tarkin and Vader and then Tarkin's brother, Winter. Winter. Okay. That's pretty yeah. cool. So Yeah. When Tarkin was born, his name was actually North. There was him and his brother, and and the breeder said, "Hey, so this other couple claimed the dark one, but it, this one's available if you want them." And yeah, I got the better of the two. Oh, right. And then, so how did you end up with the other one? Was it just that so, the owners couldn't take care of it, or yeah, more or less? So I randomly got a phone call from the breeder Janelle, and we we talked very occasionally. But you know, when she called, I figured something serious was going on, and she basically said that his owners couldn't have him anymore because he wasn't getting along with one of their shelter cats. So they were choosing the shelter cat over him. And he's this 30 pound, big, gorgeous Savannah. But mm-hmm. I thought, well, whatever. So I'll, I'll help her try and find a home. And then the more I thought about it, and really it was just because it was, it's Tarkin's actual brother. I've got, you know, photos of them too as kittens together and, and dear God, they were cute. But I thought like, well, if whatever the issues are, I'm sure it's things I can handle. Yeah. Because I have, well, and the only fear I really had was Vader killing him because he's fine around people, but around animals he wasn't raised with, he's still pretty unpredictable. Mm -hmm. But everything's, everything's been fine. Actually, Vader was scared of him for the first two weeks. Like he wouldn't come anywhere near him. He was terrified actually. No. Yeah. Which actually started to make me mad because I'm like, I'm not going to allow the new cat to fuck with my baby boy. Right. And change his (laughs) personality. So are there things that you have to do in order to get a cat like this? Because there's a lot of people that I'm sure you probably get people probably talk shit and say that these kind of cats deserve to be in the wild and they're, they're, yeah. they shouldn't be domesticated. Those are my favorite people, actually. I'm sure. Yeah. So to answer the first part, depending on where you live, you may not even be able to own a Savannah. Now, Savannahs are, are bred from servals mm-hmm. and their price will be dictated by basically how close in blood they are to a serval. So basically it would go like full African serval and then a serval and a domestic would be an F1 and then an F1 and a domestic would be an F2 and so far down the line. And I think it goes down to like F7, maybe F8, but uh, Tarkin and Winter are both F2s. So they were in the higher price range, but they're also like big and gorgeous. And you, you get all the benefits of 
those, you know, exotic looks and a lot of that size. And they're really manageable as pets. They're great around kids. They're puppies. You know, I get home from work and they're waiting for me at the door. Hmm. Um, African servals are more limited because it is a flat out wild animal. Like it's, it's its own species. It's not a breed. So it's like, you know, like a cheetah is its own thing. So they're, they're more limited on, on where you can have them. Some places you don't need a permit at all. Some places you do. Idaho is a place where you do need a permit, but it wasn't you know terribly hard to get. And it's really, I mean, these animals are expensive, but it doesn't really end with when you buy them because they can't eat normal food. They've got to have like a, well, not so much savannas, but like a serval's got to have a full raw diet as close as you can get to what it would have in the wild. So you, you spend, <laughs> I spend far more money on their food than than yours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, by a long shot. And when you say expensive, just kind of roughly, what are the prices between uh, Savannah's actually run more expensive? Like the average, like F1 will be ten to twelve thousand uh, dollars. F2s are usually seven to nine, and circles are usually four to five thousand. Wow. Which makes it sound like that's what you should get, but no. Actually, anyone that you know asks about them, I basically don't recommend them as pets to anyone, just because I don't. I don't think a lot of people really understand what they're getting into. Like they're, they they're absolutely adorable kittens, and they're fun, and they're they're more dog like than you could imagine, as far as like companion and and buddy. Mm-hmm. But they may suddenly decide. Like, so for instance, when, when Vader was about six months old, um, my ex had a little multi poo and it's no longer he just here. decided one day. Yeah. He just decided one day that's, that is something I can malt. Oh my and gosh. Yeah. We, we ended up having to take her and, and put her under and get stitched all around her throat uh. down inside. And, and there was never any warning. There was never like growling and hissing. It was just like, Oh, I can do this. And after that, they couldn't be in the same room because it was just like, that's just what he does with those things and now every time he sees any dog i feel like i've got a german shepherd on a on a harness like it's i'm pulling back like oh good god I'm like oh he wants to see your dog like, no no <laughs> wow yeah so i mean just just things like that and between that and the diets and you know i i lucked out there's this is a wild animal so he doesn't really have any bad habits aside from you know unpredictable around other animals which is why i was worried about winter but you may end up with one that, say, decides it doesn't ever want to use a, a litter box or mm-hmm. pee pads, right? So, and that's just how it is. Or sprays. And male or female, 90% of them spray. And what can you really do about that? And luckily, mine doesn't. So, fingers crossed, it never starts happening. It should have by now if it was going to. But, no, he's, I mean, he's just a, a big, heavy, super fast house cat. And he's, he's got a big kennel he can run around in. And, and he sleeps in bed with me every night. And he's, uh, he's yeah, just all around my buddy. He's not a lab cat by any means. Basically, uh, what you're saying is it's all fun and games until the cats decide to turn on you. Yeah. Yeah, basically. Because you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and people always, you know, we're giving me shit out at work about the Savannah. Like, yeah, you're going to wake up. He's eating your face. Like, dude, right? the biggest lover you've ever seen. I've never seen a cat that's just more loving than Tarkin. And Vader, like, you, th- you think a lot of animals. They understand, like, alpha mentality. They understand, like, who's who's running the show. Mm-hmm. And so he's he's never done anything you know remotely aggressive around me. The, the only time I've ever been hurt, I took a pretty good bite to the thumb, and it's because I was holding one of his toys. Mm-hmm. So right, anytime I've ever gotten hurt, it's been in the classic way that anyone would get hurt playing with their cat if they're playing. Yeah. So it's just that he's far bigger and stronger. So yeah, gotcha. All right, yeah. and for those who want to follow your cats on Instagram, what is the Instagram name? It is uh, Tarkin and Vader with a period in between the three words tarkin dot and dot vader okay and i'm sure if you just go to uh your instagram ssbi what is it the dot llc yeah because that's how i just found yours because i was oh i want to see them again i was just watching videos 
the whole time that you were talking about them. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I love those two. And, <laughs> and Bader water. I don't know if you can find a video where I post anything with a water hose or whatever, it's basically a laser pointer to him. I can wear him out like spraying around his kennel. And, and oh my God, he is so funny. Huh. Yeah. He starts panting like he's got sports induced asthma. It's, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I'm surprised that water doesn't bother him. Oh no, he loves it. I've got a swimming pool out there for him. And mm-hmm. Very cute. I <laughs> actually, the only times where I've really gotten spoofed is I'll wake up and like my leg is wet. I'm like, oh my God, it started. Like I always <laughs> think like I'm always waiting for like the bad thing to happen. And like it's, it started. He peed on the bed. Jesus Christ. And I'll look up and it'll be like a stuffed animal that he took outside put in his pool and then brought, and back, brought it back in <laughs> every time it's it's something like that but yeah that's funny what are your future plans for ssbi uh well i've got got a magwell coming out and we're still working on prototyping on that and making sure it fits with all the gun models that it's supposed to and with mags there's actually a lot of variants in mags depending on how old they are mm-hmm. and i don't know I, I like specializing in a couple of things and just doing them really well so just you know the odds and ends special edition stuff maybe another titanium run triggers but honestly nothing super huge i like playing it safe and not spread myself too thin with this because i mean i'd I'd hate to put out something defective or something that actually endangers people because enough testing wasn't done on it so i try to just specialize in in the few things i'm good at Mm -hmm. which is you know another reason everyone asked you know why i didn't get the seracote also or you can get the machinery fairly cheap and it's you know fairly easy to learn and i like i trust the guys that are really good at their ones but again and that's where i try to be too Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's smart. So you just kind of stay in your lane and do what you're good at. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. All right, cool. Well, moving forward, IWI, you guys are familiar with the Jericho, the 941, they have the PL9, which is the full size, and then the PSL9, which is their midsize. It's a modern polymer frame based on the popular CZ75 recoil system. The Jericho features a frame safety allowing for condition one cocked and locked carry or hammer down double action. And has the Piccadilly style rail for mounting accessories, adjustable dovetail sights, and a firing pin block. And it comes with two 16 round magazines. Or if you're in one of those restricted states, it'll come with 10 round magazines. Definitely check it out. Also, if you go on their website and see any accessories or apparel that you like, you can get 15% off that by using the code GUNFUNNY15. And that is at IWI.us. Now it's time for the political AF section. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. In today's political AF segment, ATF reportedly trying to ban pistol braces in secret. This is nothing new. I think there was a rumor about this about a year ago, and nothing became of it. Last week, Congressman Gates announced on his podcast that the ATF is trying to ban certain braces. Congressman Gates wrote a letter with six other congressmen to the ATF urging them to cease any such efforts to ban braces. Alex Bosco, SB Tactical, the sponsor of the show, I spoke with him and he works very closely with ATF attorneys and he's done so since 2015. He also said this is nothing new. He hasn't heard of anything in the works. In my opinion, I think a lot of things come with elections approaching. I think that there's just a lot of things sort of in the works. And so I think certain attorneys are trying to frustrate the president's election efforts. Reports of the ATF working in secret to ban braces certainly will not help the president if they convince two voters that he's behind this. I think that ultimately that's kind of what they're trying to do. I know that SB Tactical alone has sold 2 million braces 
and who knows how many other races other manufacturers have sold. So if they did make this illegal, it's literally overnight. Let's just go with 2 million. They're making 2 million citizens criminals overnight by banning things. I don't know. I don't think that it's going to happen. Not to mention, I don't know if, if anybody's aware of the Administrative Procedures Act, but it requires that any proposed rule making changes be publicly submitted for comment for 30 days and they have to take into account comments. So no proposed rule making changes are currently planned. That also speak for itself that there isn't anything in the works. I guess we'll see how this is going to pan out. I honestly just think that it's just the ATF just trying to ruffle some feathers. And and I'm not saying that all of ATF is bad, but there's some ATF agents that have been there for a long time and they were under anti-gun presidents and their agenda is basically to ban as much as they possibly can. And then there's other ATF agents that are gun people and they're working in our favor. But I would definitely recommend that we investigate before overreacting because I know there's a lot of people in the gun community that are just sharing these articles about braces potentially being banned. And there's nothing that backs that up as of right now. Do you have anything to add to that? I have a hard time believing that they would try to squeak anything through like that. And the more common thing, and, and maybe this doesn't fall along the same lines, but the more common thing I could imagine is something being tagged onto another bill, which absolutely infuriates me that that's something that's legal, where they can like, all right, we're going to pass you know, the, the Clean Air Act, and then they've got a bunch of other shit tacked onto mm-hmm. it that has zero to do with it. Yeah. And to me, that's treasonous. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're pricking people into passing you know, what your agenda is. So unless they're going to go about it that route, I, I I don't see anything like that really happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just stirring the pot. Mm -hmm. There's the amount of rumors out there and there's, you know, media outlets are nothing but clickbait mongers anymore. I mean, there's no actual news. It's just like, can you believe this? And then you click on it like, oh, that's normal shit. I know. Yeah, I know. I see that all the time, especially with YouTube videos and stuff. I'm like, man, I got to step up my game. Start. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'm just, oh, a review of the Smith & Wesson Easy Shield. And instead, I got to be like- In this review? Huh? Ava wore what in this review? Exactly. Or worst gun ever. And then, um, hey, guys, guess what? It's actually not the worst gun ever. It's actually the best gun ever. But yeah, I need to start working on my titles a little bit. <laughs> yeah, up your game. Yeah. The thumbnail, the thumbnail needs to be a little bit more enticing. More and yeah, yep, that's what I got to do. Moving forward, Sharps Bros. So everyone knows Sharps Bros and their amazing AR-15 lowers, but they also have their AR-10 lowers. And both the Jack and the Livewire are available in the AR-10 matched upper and lower sets. The Livewire set is $569 and the Jack is $715. You can check those both out at sharpsbros.com. Now it's time for Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. All right. Today's question is a little lengthy, but they emailed me. It says, hey, Ava, I was hoping you can give me some advice actually for my wife. She runs the firearms counter at one of our local sporting goods stores and has recently had a dilemma with her boss. They hand out cards for a local instructor because he spends a substantial amount of money with the store. We are members of the same shooting club and have seen firsthand how sexist he is and the awful way he talks about female shooters. So long story short, my wife says she won't hand out the cards to females and doesn't want to hand them out, period. Her boss says she needs to because of the amount of money that he spends. 
I was hoping that you being a woman in the industry, you might have some words of wisdom. She has tried to explain her reasons, but her boss, who's a female, says she doesn't believe it because he has two daughters. My wife enjoys her job and especially helping other women with their first gun purchases, but I'm afraid she's getting frustrated and she's very bullheaded. One of the many things I love about her, I hope something coming from someone like you will help her feel better. Personally, and I've seen this a lot of times, gun stores typically have some sort of agreement with other instructors and they only hand out their cards. Maybe they get a percentage of whoever they sign up, but it kind of sucks because really it's just not in the benefit of the consumer. If I had to give out business cards to somebody that I thought was sexist, I definitely wouldn't do it because you got to think about the biggest thing for me is anytime that it's firearm related, this isn't, okay, we'll give out the business card to the restaurant up the street. It's like you just recommended food that sucks. It's not a life or death situation. So that's why I've always taken my training and my reviews very seriously because people are relying on this stuff to protect their lives with. If you get a crappy instructor and let's say the female, the guy was indeed sexist or just very condescending or something, obviously the female student is going to be less likely to ask questions and enjoy her class. And they're probably not going to practice as much or a lot of the questions won't be answered. And as a result, that could later on prevent them from protecting themselves. So I would say that she's doing the right thing by not passing out the cards. The only thing that sucks is that her boss is pushing her to do so. And Obviously, you don't want to create any drama in the workplace. So I don't know. I think I would just lie and say that I am still passing out of cards. <laughs> I don't know. What would you do? Uh, that's that's a tough one. I think the worst case scenario to be put in would be, so let's say, sure, you're doing what your boss asked you. And then you get one of these girls that comes back and she's like, this was a horrible experience. I don't know why you guys recommend this guy. And then all she can really do is go, yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. And then like that just puts her in a spot of like, yeah, I already knew these things and she's being forced to you know do it by uh, surprisingly a female boss, which who cares how much money somebody spends? I They're going to like, unless he's putting the roof over their heads, who cares? Lose them as a fucking customer. Yeah. It's kind of BS that her boss is a female and she's not siding with this woman who feels that this guy's sexist. Well, I, I just don't know. Like apparently, apparently like I'd say, A, her boss has not experienced it firsthand Mm -hmm. from from him of course and i'm sure why would he because he's spending all his money there why is he gonna you know piss off anyone that works there but i think if any of my employees that i trusted in my gun store said something like that they would have to have some validity to it and i don't know why you would back a dude that you don't see for eight hours a day like you do your employees Mm -hmm. that's just that baffles me yeah and i think i think those are arguments that she needs to bring up to her boss And honestly, the fact that he has two daughters, that doesn't really mean anything. I've had so many people come through my classroom Uh, and they're growing up. You know, my brothers were able to shoot. We were stuck in the house learning how to cook. And like, what is that even? Why would anyone rape when you can go find a prostitute? Yeah. Like, that's just a totally unrelated thing. That's just, yeah. And I wish I had better advice, though, where I would just kind of be like, yeah, I've been handing out the cards, whatever. Or yeah, if I she could, easy buttons to lie. I know. Or if she could just hand out a card, but also maybe write down on that card somebody else's information that she would recommend more. So, yeah. and and I don't know what the work situation is. If the boss is always in the back or right there over her shoulder, but I'd be like, hey, I've got to pass these out, but I know better, guys. So mm-hmm. there's this, and the garbage is on your way out. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think that if if the boss isn't right there next door, I think that I would secretly just 
put another number on the card or do something like that. But I can't imagine that she would get fired over doing this. That's got to be some sort of, I don't know, you would think a potential lawsuit that she would get fired because she's not passing out cards. Yeah. I don't think that that would be part of her job. has zero to do with hers. Yeah. So that would be the most trivial thing I could imagine getting fired over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hopefully that helps, but I'm glad that she is taking a stand and kind of putting her foot down. Because I think that when it does come to training and recommending guns and stuff like that, regardless of what you're getting out of it, you have to consider that this could potentially save somebody's life. So you want to make sure that they're equipped with the best gun possible that's good for them, that they're getting the best training that's good for them. Yeah, I would take that stuff very seriously. It's not just recommending a restaurant down the street and if they have a bad meal, it's the end of the world. All right, Palmer 80. I know right now, Palmer 80, they're still sold out of a lot of things, but they do have their AR-15 lowers, which are 80% in gray and OD green. They're in stock, has the Palmer 80 proprietary Palmer composite flared magwell, and it has a beefier mil-spec buffer tube housing. These are available for $80. Check them out at palmer80.com. Use the code GUNFUNNY and that gets you 15% off. Now it's time for Tacti Talk. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. The Smith & Wesson Performance Center MMP9 Shield Easy just came out a few days ago. I believe actually last week. Smith & Wesson actually contacted me. They are sending me one out to review. I've been the biggest fan of the Shield Easies, the 380 and the 9 version. I think that they're definitely kind of a game changer. Take it from somebody who teaches people. I mean, at this point, I've been teaching about four to five classes a week. So business is definitely not dying anytime soon. It's getting busier and busier. But I've seen lots of new shooters. And that's usually my go-to gun, especially if people have a hard time racking the slide, loading the magazine because it had that mag assist like you would see on typical 22s. What's different between the Performance Center and just the regular MMP easy is the ported barrel, flat face trigger, tuned action, and you have the choice of the striking black, silver, or gold accents. And the pistol also provides the high vis lightweight H3 sights. It's a 3.8 inch barrel, mag capacity is 8 plus 1. Each handgun ships with two magazines, and you can get them either with the thumb safety or without. I personally prefer the one without. I noticed when I was shooting the thumb safety, it was just, I don't know, I kept accidentally as I was shooting it, I would kind of activate it as I was shooting with my thumb. So it was kind of a pain. But again, everybody's different. Maybe your hands aren't as big as mine. Right now, MSRP on the Performance Center Shield Easy is 588. I think when they asked me which one I wanted, I asked for the gold because I was like, yeah, which one would you ask for? Uh, Probably gold. Yeah, right. Uh yeah, I've got a couple guns that gold accents on black always look freaking outstanding. And honestly, that's so I haven't I haven't seen that shield yet, but that is a pretty outstanding price for a performance center. It is, yeah. Well, I think just the regular shield is I want to say it's under four fifty. I think the three eighty is average four hundred, and then the nine easy is four fifty. And those are still pretty good prices. And, yeah, and I would expect to spend between five and six hundred for any exactly polymer gun. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Not only do they work really well, they're easy to operate, but their price isn't bad either. Mm-hmm. Trigger Brew. So lately, as I mentioned just a few minutes ago, I've been teaching about four to five classes a week. Before that, I was teaching probably an average of two, maybe three 
business has definitely increased. And I think there was actually 4.2 million new gun owners in, oh, what was it? I think it was April and May. And I'm sure that June probably has very similar numbers. Lots of people buying new guns, lots of new gun owners. So they're all seeking training. Long story short, I've been super busy and I've been living off of beef jerky and sugar-free energy drinks from Trigger Brew. They're delicious. The black powder is actually my favorite beef jerky. Highly recommend checking it out. You could do so at triggerbrew.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY and that gets you 20% off. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as AF. It turns out you can't recycle cannonballs. Who would have thought? A recycling center in Michigan was recently evacuated after someone tried to recycle a Civil War cannonball. Police and the fire departments in Grand Rapids, Michigan, were alerted on May 19th that a cannonball from the Civil War was found at the Kent County Recycling Center. After inspecting the cannonball, authorities determined it was filled with gunpowder and capped with a detonator. The Michigan State Police bomb squad responded and it was safely removed from the property. Nobody was hurt. But yeah, guys, I think after this, this is a new rule, right? Because I was recycling all mine before this. <laughs> right. Uh, you would think of anything, because it's Civil War, that it would actually be worth quite a bit. Uh, yeah. Yeah, why would you? There's got to be somebody that would pay money for it. Yeah. I don't, and you kind of just wonder what goes through somebody's mind that, oh, no big deal. We'll just recycle it. Maybe they'll give There's me some money for for the metal. Why they just leave it in their, <laughs> you should have just left it in their big green barrel. Yeah. No kidding. The county commissioner, Phil Skaggs, uh, he posted a firm reminder on Facebook that people should follow instructions about recycling. And he wrote, quote unquote, just to be clear, do not recycle cannon bombs from any war. But yeah, if it was me, I would have sold it because that's an heirloom or not an heirloom. That's it's it's Yeah. And I'm sure that it's definitely probably worth quite a bit because I know somebody who just started collecting Civil War stuff and it is not cheap. No, I can imagine. Yeah. Okay, so I'm confused. It had part of a uh, detonation device, but like a cannonball is just like a lead ball, right? Yeah. I can imagine there being gunpowder, but no other detonation stuff. Yeah, that's actually kind of what I was wondering, because it says that after inspecting the cannonball, authorities determined it was filled with gunpowder and capped with a detonator. Oh, you know what they found? That's not a cannonball. Remember in the old cartoons, all the bombs were like the big black ball with like the fuse coming out? Yeah. That's what that was. That's exactly oh, what gotcha. Yeah, he found an old cartoon prop somehow. But it wasn't a prop. It was real. <laughs> yeah, it was real, yeah. So then what would you call that? Uh, Acme bomb, uh, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it would be more of an explosive than a cannonball. Yeah, yeah I can see there being, being gunpowder residue on a cannonball, but that's it. There'd be yeah. nothing else. Yeah, you never know. All these people, they overreact. But at least nobody right. was hurt. I don't really see. But yeah, if you guys have anything that's old, war related, it's probably worth quite a bit. So I would, you know, contact some local museums or collectors nearby before going off and recycling anything like right. that. Yeah. Contact us too first. Yeah. See what we'll <laughs> Yeah. Just email me. Probably uh, not worth much. But <laughs> we'll 20 bucks. Exactly. There you go. Triarch Systems. Triarch's probably best known for their Tri 11s, but some of you may not be aware that not only are they available in 9mm, also 45 ACP, they are double stacked. Uh, they're kind of like the modernized 1911. 
and they just have a lot of really great improvements. Everything's hand fitted to exact tolerances with the highest quality components. Definitely check it out. That's at triarchsystems.com. If you use the code AVA, A-V-A, you will get 5% off. And now it's time for iTunes reviews. I was just told we got a few more iTunes reviews, but we're definitely going to be out again soon. So guys, if you haven't given us a review, please do so. Just go to iTunes or you could even go to the Facebook page, you know, Gun Funny on Facebook, leave a review there. Today's review is Gunman 505 stars. Weapon Snatcher was amazing AF. Outstanding interview with the Seattle Weapon Snatcher. It was an amazing interview from someone whose quick thinking undoubtedly saved lives. His true humility and selflessness are inspiring. Great work having him on so soon afterwards. And then Ty America, five stars. This is my favorite podcast. It's entertaining AF. This is still my favorite podcast, even though you didn't say my name properly the last time you read this. I like the political AF segment a lot too. How would you pronounce that? T-Y America? Or Thai it's, America? It's, it's Tamerica. Oh. It obviously, yeah. Tamerica. Or maybe it's maybe it's thank you, America. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Thank, thank you, America. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe tube you America. <laughs> mm, I don't know what his parents were thinking when they named him that. I know. Weird. Just yeah. It was probably during the sixties or seventies. Yeah. When all that crazy stuff was going on with the drugs. Yeah, I yep. I hear you. That's exactly what happened. I, when I was in the army, there was one other dude that I met that when he found out my first name, he about lost his shit because his name was also Damon. So from then on, we were both known as White Damon. And we were always, he's like, you're the only White Damon I've ever met. And, uh, <laughs> like, you're the only other Damon I've ever met. Here. But, um, you're afraid to say, you're afraid to say the word black, aren't you? No, no. Um, at, well, I mean, well, I've seen more black. Damien's. Yeah. You know what though? I and I, I'm accidentally giving this guy a plug and fuck this guy. But there is a Damon Young out there that I get all of his emails because our email address is very similar. He's just missing the dots in between the names and mine's got it. But I get every email of his, and this guy has written for BET and several other magazines. But dude, most racist fucking guy I've ever because if you look up Damon Young, you'll find uh-huh. tons of shit of his, and you you can see for yourself but uh this fucking guy in fact uh a buddy of mine bought his damn book and gave it to me at the bar because he just thought it was the funniest thing like what what doesn't kill you makes you blacker and then he had me post for a photo with it because it's got my name right there on the front but uh, oh my gosh i actually just uh googled his name he definitely doesn't look like you no no we actually we look he wears glasses yeah exactly glasses has hair a beard yeah yeah, and I, I can't grow a beard with where I work. It says he's a writer, critic, humorous, professional black person. That's what oh. that's what's on his website, yeah. That's weird. I, that's cool. I, I've met a lot of amateur black people. They're yeah. not as good at it. Yeah, so exactly. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you hate that when you have similar names, though? I would, I mean, if he's a jerk, I would just like screw with him and respond to these people's emails. Oh. Dude, I, I did. So I so when I first started getting his emails, I, I was somehow involved in this thread from all the editors of this, I think it was BET. So I just started sending back, no matter what they were asking, I was sending back the meme and they weren't nice ones. And because I felt like I've had enough, I'm going to start fucking with this guy or at least hopefully something will get him to change his email. And their response every time I sent them, they're like, oh, this is hilarious. We love your email. <laughs> uh, and finally, I sent a picture of me. I'm like, so actually this is White Damon. 
And uh, <laughs> I've been getting all of his emails. Will you guys please tell him to change it? But they thought it was a riot. First, I, uh, that blew up in my face too. So I'm like, damn it. <laughs> that was funnier. That's pretty funny. All right, guys, you can find me at gunfunny.com. Links to everything. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram. If you can't get enough of the show or you want to support the show, consider becoming a Patreon. It's like crowdfunding. So if you want to donate even $3 a month to the show, greatly appreciate it. Below deadline, he gives away a $300 gift certificate each month to a lucky Patreon. And there's also a lot of other fringe benefits. I also want to thank our $25 patrons who are Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, and Daniel Treadwell. King of the Patreon is still Jon Snow. He wants me to say that in an average living room, there are 1,242 objects operator tickles could use to kill you, including the room itself. And on that note, Damon, I wanted to thank you once again. Can you just remind listeners where they can find you on the interwebs? Yeah. So this is White Damon, and you can find my OnlyFans, <laughs> or uh, sorry, my uh, my Instagram. If you just look up SSBI, it'll it'll pop up. So it's SSBI.LLC, or look up Tarkin Invader if you want to see some little The cutest kids. little, yeah, the cutest little kitties ever, but they're not little. Ever. They're like 40-pound cute little kitties. Yeah. And I would say let's arrange for a play date with Tickles and your cats, but I just feel like, yeah, I'm sure it'll one of your fine. paws is like the size of Tickles. It'll be fine. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fine. Long. They don't call her Operator Tickles for nothing, so. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. Yeah, cut one. yeah Tickles has an Instagram. It's Tacticals, Tacticals, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got it. Oh my gosh, our animals should totally follow each other. I'm going to tell Tickles when I get off to follow what your cats. <laughs> First of all, okay, it's T A T A C underscore tickles, okay? (laughs) And then they're going to be like besties and they can talk about operator tactics and stuff. It's going to be great. (laughs) Oh, he's freaking adorable. (laughs) Well, it's a she. Like uh, the old Renaissance painting, too. Yeah. Actually, somebody somebody made that for her. They just, yeah, they just sent it to me and they were like, yeah, I was just like fooling around with this and here you go. And I was like, oh, great. Tickles will love it. (laughs) That's awesome. We'll put it in her fan room. Her fans only. (laughs) Her Her only fans. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah. I I don't know about those websites. (laughs) Me neither. Moving forward. We're out of here. Yep. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.